Thank you. Good morning. As Ross said, um, my name's Kirsty. For those of you who haven't met me, um, I've been around at the King's Arms for about 25 years or so. I met my husband here. Um, I've had three fantastic children. I'm not actually in the church, obviously, kind of a hospital or whatever. Um, but um, it's wonderful to welcome you here this morning on this fabulous day. I am really enjoying being a mum today. I had some lovely treats over the weekend. Um, I didn't enjoy the fact that somebody decided to put the clocks forward on Mothering Sunday. Who did that? I don't know who that was. Um, and uh, also, for some stupid reason, some while ago, I decided over Lent to give up kind of chocolate and biscuits and, you know, all nice things. So my curly whirlies, which my youngest son bought me today, are going to have to wait, unfortunately, for a few more days. But all good things come to those who wait, hey? I think that's biblical. Is that biblical? We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, I, um, one of the things I like doing on Mothering Sunday is reflecting back on the legacy that I know has been left for me in my family. And there are some amazing women in my family that have inputted me over the years. Um, I love uh, names. The name Elizabeth has travelled through my family line. Elizabeth means satisfied in God. And so I take that for myself. That I'm going to live a life where I'm satisfied in God. And one of my, um, uh, my great-grandma was a maid in service. Um, I definitely have not inherited her love for ironing and cleaning, um, but my mum was really loved music and was very mischievous. I've inherited some of that from her. My grandma was an amazing woman of perseverance and hospitality, and so I love looking back and seeing some of the things that I've gained from my biological family, and it provokes me into what am I investing in my own children and how am I going to affect the generations in years to come. And not just in my biological family, but I look across more broadly. My godmother um, certainly was one of the key people in being instrumental in helping me grow in my Christian faith as a child. And across the church, those people have inputted me um, as a spiritual mum as I've, as I've grown up as well in this church family. So many of us have a part to play in how we mother people, and we're all very grateful for it. Now, who knows that when your mother asks, do you want some advice, it is a rhetorical question. Because you are going to get that advice whether you answer yes or no, right? And mums know best. Or do they? My mum had an obsession with vests. I don't know where it came from, but she seemed to think that come rain or shine, I had to wear a vest wherever I went, despite my protestations. I would say, mum, I'm just not cold. And her reply would be, well, I am. So you're wearing one. That was her justification. <laughs> Now, if you're a mum here and you have taken your child on a beach holiday in the UK, you will know that children's temperatures and adults' temperatures are not the same. We have different thermostats. So whilst we're sitting wrapped up in our coats, huddled up under our blankets, clutching our hot chocolate, shivering away, our kids are happily playing in the sea in just the swimming costumes, unaware, it seems, of the biting north wind and the lack of sunshine. So I felt like I was quite justified in my explanation to my mum, but... I found myself making the very similar mistake only this week. My eldest son went on a school trip, and just as he was about to get on the coach to leave the country, I realised he did not have the coat with him that he should have had. And so my parting words were not ones of, I love you, or God bless, or have fun, or whatever. They were, don't get cold. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm turning into my mum. It was awful. So whilst my judgement on thermal underwear may be impaired, there are some things that I do know best on. I can confidently say it is not a good idea to stick your fork into a toaster when it is on to retrieve the hot cross bun. I know that you should not eat yellow snow, and I definitely know that you should not feed red hot chilli peppers to our dog. <laughs> our jobs as mums, right, is to know what our kids need. 
We need to look out for them and be able to instruct them. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they sleepy? Are they thirsty? Is it a gloves on or a gloves off day? Tissue for the nose, plaster for the knee. We need to be teachers, agony aunts, taxi drivers, disciplinarians, the list goes on. We show them how to respect their teachers and people around them. We teach them how to love the kid who's being mean to them at school. We encourage them to do their best and we pick them up when it's all going wrong. We help them to find Jesus. We pray faithfully for them. We set an example in living a godly life. And no wonder we're tired. <laughs> I tell you, I could go to sleep with a brass band playing on the landing, right? But you know that you'd wake the moment you heard someone sneeze next door. We never stop thinking about our kids. We treasure those precious moments in our hearts that we have with them. We fret over their mishaps. We consider for them. We plan for them. We sacrifice for them. Some of it is joyous and some of it is challenging. Much of it is hidden. All of it is seen by God. He entrusted you with your offspring. Biological or otherwise, he knew that you were the woman for the job. You're the one for your child. So well done. Well done for investing in them. Well done for being you, because that's all you need to be and all your child needs you to be. Keep going. You're doing a great job. Our kids need you. Our families need you. Our nation needs us, right, to be good parents. So well done and keep going. I know that when one of my children is upset, they need a snuggle and a hot chocolate and lots of talk time. I know when another one's upset, they need time on their own to process. I know their individual needs. I know their likes and dislikes. That's my job. Their well-being is more dependent on me knowing them than it is on them knowing me. Of course, not all of us have grown up with experiences where we feel known and loved. I'm sure right across this room, we all have had times where we feel misunderstood or unseen or lonely. Many of us will be celebrating today with our own mums and children, but some of us will be grieving mums that are no longer with us, relationships that were never quite like we'd like them to have been, or children that we never had. Today, I'm celebrating and delighting in my wonderful children who are an amazing blessing from God. And I'm also grieving not having heard my own mum's voice for 30 years. All our experiences of being mothers and being mothered are going to be different. But we do have one thing in common. God knows us. God knows us. And we're going to spend just a short time now looking at how he knows us and what that means for us, if that's okay. So let's start in the Bible. The Bible is God's blueprint for our life, right? So it's a good place to begin. What does Scripture say about when God knew us? Well, Jeremiah 1 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Ephesians 1.4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. He knew us before the creation of the world before he crafted all those beautiful mountains and oceans and deserts and jungles, before the birds were in the air and the fish were in the sea, he knew you and I. He already had us in mind, and we're the most precious part of creation. 
he knew us a very, very long time ago. Not only does he know us, the Bible also talks about how he made us. Psalm 139, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. That's my son in my womb. I had a real live Auntie Flo, a great Auntie Flo. Blue rinse, bunions, dentures, the works. She was like a proper real old auntie. And when we used to go to her house, I was told, don't touch anything. Don't go to the bathroom unless you have to and do not eat a thing. Personal hygiene was not high on Auntie Flo's list of strengths. But what Auntie Flo could do is, my gosh, that woman could knit. She was an amazing knitter. And she would knit me jumpers without any pattern, nothing else in front of her. If I said I wanted a horse's head on my jumper because I was into horses, she knitted me a jumper with a horse's head on. She knitted me jumpers with her dogs on. I'm a West Ham fan. She knitted me jumpers in claret and blue with all kind of emblems of West Ham on. No booing, please. She could knit anything, and she just did it all from her imagination. When I read this expression, God knit us together, it makes me think of Auntie Flo, not because of the bunions, but because of her vision to be able to produce something that was in her mind. I know it's a tiny representation, but it is something of the creativity of God, the amazing intricacy that goes into that sense of knitting us together. Not only was our creation a moment of great intricacy, it was also a moment of intimacy. It was incredible intimacy. For those precious few months, it is just you, your mum, and God. And whatever the circumstances around your conception, whether there was joy or shock or rejection or longing, God breathed his life into you. God breathed his life into you. In those first few hours of your existence, God was right there with you. Of course, knowing him doesn't just stop with that point of creation. He then continues to be present in every aspect of our lives. Psalm 139 reads, You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, and you're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Proverbs 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. 1 Chronicles says, The Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. When did God know us? He knew us from the beginning. How well does God know us? He knows us completely. He knows us inside out, upside down, back to front, night or day, good or bad. The Bible tells us God knows us completely with words that last for eternity. They were written thousands of years ago. They will keep lasting for thousands of years. But he also demonstrates to us that he knows us in real time. We were praying as a group, a staff team recently about group life and afterwards somebody came up to one of my friends and just shared a picture that she had that God had for me and she said, Kirstie, I just see you running down the road and I see your dad sitting in the car behind you and I just sense God saying that he's with you on this journey, he's wanting you to know that um, he's intimately involved in what you're doing. 
And that in itself would have been an encouraging picture, and it really was. Except that what my friend didn't know was that when I was a kid, I used to go out in the car with my dad, and we'd drive down the country lanes where I lived at night, after he'd got home from work, and we would get to the end of the road, and I'd get out of the car, and he'd turn around and flick the lights on, and I would go running in the night, in the light of the car, with him behind me, keeping me safe, lighting the way, whilst I did my training. You see, God knows us. He knows how to speak to us. He knows how to get our attention. And it's not just through people who are from church or when we ask for it. He speaks at any time through anyone. One of my children recently, we've been talking about the importance of making good choices and how we can make different decisions to ones we've made before to help change the course of our lives. And I was telling him a story of somebody who I used to work with. I was a probation officer for many years and uh, worked with a guy who was a burglar and had been in and out of prison for 20-odd years or so. And uh, he came into my office one day absolutely bouncing with excitement because something radical had happened to him. And uh, I'll call him David for the sake of this. I was like, David, what has happened? You look like a different man. He said, well, I was walking down the road, and I noticed that my neighbour, a few doors down, his key, uh, dropped their keys outside their front door. And uh, in years gone past, he'd have just picked the keys up, put them in his pocket, and then used them at his earliest convenience to break into the house and take the car. But he said, I went and knocked on the door, and I said to my neighbour, I think you've lost your keys. And I gave them back. And he was so pleased with himself because he'd made a different choice and he realised things were looking different. And so I was telling my son about this and saying, don't forget David's keys. You can make different choices. And so when we've been going to school every day this term, it's been saying goodbye, you know, love God, love people, don't forget David's keys. And uh, a few weeks back, one of the teachers in his school uh, left to go for another job and uh, he wrote a little parcel tag for every child that he had taught over the last few years. And the one he gave to my son read this, life is a journey and you hold the key. And he attached a little padlock key to it for him. I think that's amazing. God speaks to us. He knows what we want to hear and when we want to hear it. He speaks to us through the Bible that's there for eternity. And he speaks to us through real time in our daily lives. So how are we going to respond to that? How does that impact us? What does that mean for our lives today? Well, I'd suggest the answer to this lies partly in our heart's response to the next few verses in Psalm 139. I love the terminology of these verses. You hem me in behind and before. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. See, I think these verses reveal reveal both the confronting and the comforting nature of the truth that God knows us. God knows me. What a relief. I'm safe in his arms. There's nowhere that I'm going to go where he's not going to go with me. He's going to help me. He's going to guide me. He's my protector. He knows me. God knows me. He saw what I thought. He saw how I spoke to my child or my mum. He saw that jealous thought in my, in my mind. He saw the greed in my heart yesterday. He knows me. I can't go anywhere where he can't see me. You see, the all-knowingness of God, what we call his omniscience, is far-reaching for us all. And depending on the state of our heart, we'll receive it differently. A bit like when we realised mum was watching and we didn't know. We're either really glad she was there because it makes us feel safe or we're a bit anxious because we're not sure what she saw us do. 
Here's the thing, though, right? As it dawns on us that God knows us completely, all our faults and failings, every thought, every action, every motive of heart, there's nowhere for us to hide, yet he still chooses to love us. That's humbling, isn't it? That's humbling, and that's grace. That's what it means to really be known by God. And you know what? We can breathe a sigh of relief. Because he knows us and he loves us. If you're in the camp of feeling a bit hemmed in by God knowing you and that truth brings conviction, you're feeling found out. Well, take heart because he's known it all along. He has known your guilty secrets. He knows your struggles. He knows your jealousy and your greed. And he loves you anyway. Those things are no surprise to him and they're no struggle for him. The solution, Nahum tells us the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. He protects the same as knowing. He protects those who take refuge in him. Take refuge in him. He'll protect you. The Bible says God is our comforter. He can't comfort us unless we take to him our pain. The Bible says he's our refuge. He's our protector. He can't protect us unless we let him cover him with the shadow of our wings. Let him bring truth and light and breathe a sigh of relief, because he loves you anyway. If you're in the camp of rejoicing that he knows you, and the hemming in brings a real sense of safety, then celebrate his goodness and his kindness towards you, and ask him to remind you how dependent you are on him. Remember with humility what he has done for you, and ask him, how should I treat people around me in light of your complete love and acceptance. So I'd suggest to you, perhaps this week coming, why don't you read Psalm 139? Make a few notes of things that stand out in it for you and ask God what he wants to say to you. Just allow a few minutes for him to speak about how well he knows you. Packer said this, what matters supremely not in the last analysis is that I know God, but the larger fact that underlines it, he knows me. What a blessing that our mums know us, know us often better than we know ourselves. But I thank God that he knows me even better. Let's stand together, shall we? We can pray. Yeah, Father, I want to thank you for um, all the mums and spiritual mums around this room. Thank you, God, just for the amazing investment that they placed in our lives. Thank you, God, for how you have created us as mothers to know and understand our children. But thank you, God, that you know us so much better. Thank you, God, that as we stand before you, you... You see every hair on our head. You know every bone in our body. You know every thought in our mind. You know every question in our heart. I thank you, God, that you welcome us with open arms into that knowingness. Thank you, God, that even where we may have felt uh, looked over or misunderstood, you know us. Thank you, God, that the things we do which maybe feel hidden and challenging, 
You know us, and you're in that place with us all the time. Father, I just pray for people here today that um, just need to know the truth, God, that they are known and accepted by you. I just encourage you just to... um, just to spend a moment just quiet before God and just let that truth just sink into your hearts that he knows you, that he's known you since the beginning of time and that actually out of that place of knowingness, there's great freedom for us. There's great freedom for us to live in a place of security and safety and to live in an intimate relationship with our God that we can never be separated from.